Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of the podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to that next level. Today, I'm so happy to have Tracy Hazard as my guest. Let me tell you a little bit about Tracy. Tracy is a seasoned media expert with over 2,600 interviews from articles in Authority Magazine, BuzzFeed, and her Inc. Magazine column. And from her multiple top-ranked videocasts and podcasts like The Binge Factor and Feed Your Brand, which is one of CIO's top 26 entrepreneur podcasts. As CEO and co-founder of Podicize, Tracy brings diverse views from what works and what doesn't work in marketing and media from thought leaders and industry icons redefining success around the globe. Tracy's unique gift to the podcasting, marketing, and branding world is being able to identify that unique binge-able factor, the thing that makes people come back again and again, listening actively and sharing fans share as raving fans and buy everything you have to sell. Our title or theme for today is Standing Out, How to Get Seen, Heard, and Found in a Crowded Market. Please join me in welcoming Tracy Hazard. Tracy, so nice to have you. Oh, Vicki, so nice to be here. And I I love the model of confidence. (laughs) <laughs> I think this is so important. Like, I mean, we hear a lot of leadership podcasts and a lot of a lot of talk about leadership, but confidence is a lot of the game there. Yeah. It's a lot of what what you need, and but you got to do things that build confidence. You got to have confidence, and you know, there's a point at which having you know, I, believing your stuff too much, like believing mm-hmm. your confidence too much, also isn't good for you either. So, like, yeah. I think there is really you're really hitting on something that's so valuable. And, and for me, you know, confidence is an outcome. And I think people think, well, I have to grow my confidence. I have to learn to be confident. And it's like, no, it's all these little things that you do that bring about confidence. It's the skills that it's everything. And that's why, you know, I have an anti-aging and wellness business along with my speaking business, along with my leadership, because all of that is how you become confident. 
it's all those little things. I so agree. And when you have the machine kind of running on things and you're, you can like believe in it, you believe in your team, you believe in your systems, you believe in, you know, your philosophy, whatever that might be, that confidence just is there. And mm -hmm. then you're reinforming it, you're shifting it. And all those things aren't yeah. taking blows to your confidence every time yeah. that that happens, right? It's not going to blow your business up. Yeah. I often as a coach and mentor, I, I tell the people like, I will believe in you until you believe in yourself and have that, that confidence and that growth. Oh, and then so important. Yeah. But watching them grow and, and become confident, it's just so fulfilling to me. It's, you know, it's better than me doing something great because I see how much it's changed their lives, you know? Well, I think about that as a mom, like that's just something yeah. that I think about all the time, right? And I feel like I've been blessed and completely lucky in my life to mm -hmm. have been um, so loved my entire yeah. life. Like this is something that's really, <clears throat> as it chokes me up here, really yeah. important to me, right? Like, so, I mean, from the moment I was born, I like, I had people who believed in me, yeah. who thought I could, you know, I, I, a girl who could own the world. Like it didn't, yes. I didn't think anything of it. And then I happened to the day that I left my parents and went to college. I met my husband the same day. I mean, we didn't get married <laughs> that quickly, but, but I did meet him that day. And so I had friends who believed in me and then there, and then a husband who believed in me. And so I think about that all the time is that like, I have been lucky enough to have people who believed in me and loved me and unconditionally loved me. So, you know, that's a confidence in and of itself when you know you really can't do wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that, that you know, that makes for it that I don't think that I had to think about confidence. Like it was yeah. never an active thing. They were building it for me all along just by being there and loving me. And so it's something I think about with my three girls all the time is like, am I demonstrating that enough to them? Mm -hmm. And am I making sure that they feel loved and they feel that I believe in them and that they can do anything? Yeah. And, and I, I have two daughters as well, all grown, and now I have two grandsons. But that was a big part of me spending time with them. I remembered, you know, crawling on the bed with my mom, and she just talking to us about things. Whatever questions we had, she talked to us about it. And that was so empowering that I wanted to make sure that my daughters had that feeling, you know, that that they weren't afraid to talk to me about anything, because I think that too is a big part of confidence. The, the things that we are afraid to talk about. Well, and I, I think in business, that's the same thing as well. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel that personally, absolutely. But in business, we, we don't talk about things. We don't talk mm -hmm. about things that are going wrong. I just did a coaching call with my clients today where we were talking about all the lies in the podcast <laughs> industry over like these stats and what's important and the numbers that they throw out. But those lies do the whole industry a disservice. Yeah. And so if we can't be free to talk about those things, mm -hmm. then we're not going to improve them. And that's yeah. where we all hurt. If we don't, you know, we got hidden secrets. I don't believe in that. It's like, that, uh, my job is to reveal them yeah. because if I reveal them, you're going to be able to accomplish that. Yeah. You got to be able to tell them that your baby is ugly. <laughs> well, I learned that early on. <laughs> I come out of the design and product world and believe me, the market will tell you if your baby is ugly. That is so true. That is true. So what's going on in podcasting today and where will it be tomorrow? <laughs> this is important for me. <laughs> it, you know, it's a really good question. Like I, podcasting is actually slowed down. Mm -hmm. So you can look at it two ways. You can lose confidence in the industry 
and in mm. the media type. And we've done this before. We lost confidence in social media advertising. We've lost confidence in, you know, uh, in uh, blogging. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, there's been things over the time that we lose confidence in from a marketing process. And we say, okay, we're not going to do those anymore. We're going to funnel all our money into podcasting and we're going to do this. And so, but podcasting's actually been around for a really long time. It's yeah. like really steady. And when we look at the people who stick with something when it's not trendy anymore and are still succeeding and doubling down and doing mm -hmm. more with it, that's when there's really something there. Mm -hmm. And that's how I believe in the, in the podcast market. And, and I, you know, look, we obviously invested in it. We have a whole company around it. And, mm -hmm. but what I see happening is, is that the people that are using it, that are working on their businesses, building their brands, doing these things, not the broadcast media model. So I'm going to be really clear and clarify here. We're not talking about the people building the next serial a murder mystery show. We're talking about the people like you building a podcast that is supporting a business, a vision, creating a network from that, building a community. That's that model. The people I see doing that are growing. Their podcast is growing, their SEO, their search engine optimization is growing on their website. Their website traffic is growing clients, their leads are generating, like all of that is working for them. So mm -hmm. why would you mess with that? Right. So right. what's an indicator to me is that, wow, we're only down to about, I'm, I think the number I saw recently was like uh, 19,000 podcasts started in the last month. So we're talking about under 20,000 starting. That's the lowest it's been in about three years. Wow. Um, but that means that you have less competition to start up a podcast. So actually now That's is a really true. great time. The <laughs> ones who thought it was trendy, who were, you know, they're already gone. They're not even considering yeah. starting it. So you start now or you dive in now or you do what you're doing, which is pushing out more, more episodes than other people. Right. You have a greater chance of visibility right now. So this is a time for success. This is a time to not only be seen, heard and found, but to be rewarded. Right. for the effort and the, the commitment that you've made. Because the thing about podcasting is like blogging, like like social media, like any of these things, those that are consistent and constant about it are the ones that actually are rewarded. And so mm -hmm. if you think you're going to drop in, do this and it's flash in the pan and it's going to work out, that's not where, that's not where the money really lies. That's not where the success lies. Yeah. Very true. So I so do well, think it's, you know, your answer, your question completely like here, the industry is going to continue to stay steady, but it's right sizing itself right now. And I think the media side is going to drop off when the Spotify's of the world cannot make the money that they've made invested mm -hmm. in it. They're not going to make back that return on investment or the iHeartRadio where they've invested into buying all these shows or launching new shows. And they only have like, one out of 10 success each mm. time they do it, they're, they're not going to stick with it. And that's right. going to really benefit those that want to stick. Yeah. And I know, you know, some of, of my coaches are like, no, Vicki, you need to just go out there and speak, which I love to do. But I really love interviewing people. I really love being able to get people's stories out there. I think it's important that we get your stories out there, that we give you time to share your voice. So, uh, well, and you're, you're a great interviewer. Cause I've listened to the show and, and you, you really ask, you've thought about your questions. You're careful in what you're thinking about and making sure that you're curating it for the audience. So I guarantee you though, it's making you a better speaker. 
Oh, because yeah, you've got more stories to tell. You've mm -hmm. got more examples of whatever it is that reinforces your speaking message. You've got that and it's fresh and it's new. And even if it's not your client, it's your podcast. So you get yeah. to tell the story as if it's yours. So that's making you a better speaker. So there's success there. Awesome. So we talk about success, but why do people fail in marketing in their uh, their launching of a product or even in a podcast you know why do we fail so you know this is something i've spent a long time studying so because my original like business my work mm -hmm. was in pod product design we designed and developed 250 products in a decade and wow. they were available at mass market retail we sold them at costco walmart target under other brands so if you mm -hmm. bought martha stewart living furniture you might have been buying something that i designed or you bought better homes and gardens tv stand we designed that um our famous one is a, a chair that's still at sold today under the Bayside Furnishings brand at Costco. And it's a, a mesh office chair. And oh. we, that sells about $20 million a year in chairs. And so platinum record for product design. Let me tell you, not every product does that kind of numbers. <laughs> but but that we, we were a very small firm, husband and wife firm designing these products. We couldn't afford to fail because yeah. we were getting fee and royalty. So if we wanted to survive and get our next client and have time in between, and that happened, mm -hmm. we needed the royalty. So we had to have the product succeed. So yeah. I studied this and said, where is the most opportunity for failure and how can I improve that? And what we learned really quickly was that if we could make a better product market fit. And when I say product, I'm using that loosely. It could be a physical mm -hmm. product, but it could be your service. It could be, you know, you, you know, you are the product too, the brand. Correct, correct. But if we get a better fit between that and the market and we can test it out without spending a lot of money, we have a more likelihood to understand what's really needed. So I have, I spoken to a lot of in inventors Mm -hmm. And that's the classic of the product coming before they even know if they can access the market. So you can invent the, the best things, you know, in the world and no one will buy it because yeah. you have no opportunity to figure out how to find them to sell it to them. Mm -hmm. So I, anyone who goes out there and says, I'm going to sell podcast coaching services to aspiring podcasters and has no community of speakers, mm -hmm. authors, or unearthed kind of thing, have no chance of selling that because you don't advertise on your LinkedIn profile, aspiring podcaster. I'm thinking about podcasting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how am I going to find you? But if I instead make a business mm -hmm. and a market around helping existing podcasters and you identify because you're proud of being a podcast host, I have more likelihood to reach you. So now I have a better market product fit. So for what I found is that it's not about the size of the market. It's not about the trends in the market, the competition in the market, but it's if I can access that market and then clearly my product is needed by them or my service is needed by them, I have more likelihood for success. In fact, it turns out that I will have eight out of 10 successes versus having a likelihood of having only about one uh, to three wow. out of 10, right? Wow. That's what happens. The, mm -hmm. the magnified difference of that mm -hmm. can 8X your return. So good. So what does it take to succeed in the digital marketing world? Oh, it's noisy here. I don't know yeah. if you all noticed it, but yeah. it's noisy, huh? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and now, and then everybody's throwing in the trendiest thing, which they're talking about. And it's like, oh, short form video. But the reality is, is that short form video doesn't sell much. 
it might go viral because it's easier to go viral because it's 30 seconds long. So like, you know, you clicked on it and you didn't even know it was playing before you're like moving to the next thing. So like, there's a higher likelihood for that to happen, but is there conversion? So I look at everything from the perspective of is, if this doesn't have active users, if this doesn't have a return on investment for the, the number, the stat, the how things are working for you, then it's not worth doing. So vanity metrics are like everywhere in the mm. digital place. So it's understanding and knowing where's that number that matters to me that is going to get me a return on investment for my time, because that is way more valuable than the return on investment on my money. My time is so, so valuable. Yeah. And so that's what I'm looking for always. And where can I find that? And the thing about it is, is that the, 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 that people underestimate, and I'm, there are some people out there who are great at this, right? They, this is where we, we get frustrated when we provide genuine value into the world and we're an authentic person with a great service program. We get frustrated because we see a lot of these like crazy websites that pop up and then start selling things or these uh, YouTube channels who are AIs and not even real people or Instagrams, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like mm-hmm. hawking stuff and they've got millions of followers. Like, how did this happen? They're not <laughs> even real. Like, and you get frustrated with this and you're like, oh, I give up. I'm not going to do Instagram anymore. I'm not going to do TikTok or whatever that is, yeah. right? Because that's there. But it's someone who un- understands something about the digital marketplace that you don't. And that it is that it's a game. Right, that it is right. an algorithm, that it is yeah. a bot that is controlling that. And mm-hmm. and when you think you're too good to play in that, like I'm authentic, I'm real, I'm just so good that I don't need to, I don't need to do that for me mm-hmm. to get followers. That's a mistake. We That's have when you to won't get both, followers. <laughs> right? We yeah. have to do both because we, mm-hmm. if, if think about it from the podcaster's perspective, if I can't get Apple to find you because- yeah you can't be found because I can't spell the name of your show. Or when I type in the keywords, you don't show up because you didn't put in a description paragraph. That's long enough. That's 4,000 characters. Then, uh, you know, you didn't play the algorithm search engine optimization game. That Mm. is the podcast player. And there is one everywhere, anywhere. There's a type in search, there's optimization. There's an engine Mm. optimization. There's a bot. And so then Apple doesn't serve you up. Well, I can't find you. I can't remember how to spell your name. I can't like, I can't do those things. Then I, even the people who are trying to find you specifically, aren't going to be able to find you. And if they can't find you and they're looking for you, imagine somebody who just kind of out there searching, they're kind of looking for something and they don't know really what they're looking for. This is why the podcast listeners complain about discoverability because Mm. there's not enough information. There's no tracking on what you're saying on every show in the, and the Apple system. Hmm. So Apple's not like not helping the through that. They're not helping it. Mm-hmm. So I have to do a better job. I have to do a better job on my end on understanding that that's the case and making sure that I title my shows better. I put keywords into my descriptions that I've got that there. Maybe even do some hashtags now and again, even though the system doesn't work on hashtags, right. the phrase will still show up. Yeah. It helps people. You're helping people find you. Mm-hmm. And the people who are really looking for what you need, and then they find you, they're thrilled. Then they listen. And now, because they're listening to you, now that your authenticity, your expertise, all of those things are playing. And that's why they stay subscribed. 
And that's what we, why we say binge listeners, those that binge on your show are Mm -hmm. likely to consume more, ask you for more things, go buy your stuff, go buy your book, find you elsewhere, friend you on Instagram. It's going to get you more because you did, you did the bot part, right? The digital part, right? Mm -hmm. And you did the service part into caring about your audience and giving them what they wanted. Yeah. You got to listen to your audience. Oh, you do. (laughs) So why do I follow guru advice? or take that killer course and still fail? So courses are mostly done by people who've been, I call it been it done there once. Like you've been it done at once and you decide I'm gonna sell a course on it. Like that's really what happens. And there's so many of those. When you've only done it once, there's so much you're leaving out. So much that you have that nobody else could do. So like, I look at this, look at the Godfather podcasting, Pat Flynn, I adore him. I think he actually has a great, great program. I didn't take his course, but when I was starting my very first podcast, I listened to all of his podcasts and mm-hmm. read all of his blogs. And I watched dozens of videos on this. And, um, and what I discovered is it's what they're leaving out. And so I, I've always done, this is how I researched to decide to make new products and decide to do things. I didn't want to be a podcasting company. That wasn't my goal. When I started mm-hmm. my first show, my show, my, I was going to start a show on 3d printing. It was, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was a it's show on 3d around. printing. It was totally crazy. Like it was, it was a geek <laughs> show, right? Like Nobody wanted to hear that. Like it was like a real niche audience. So it wasn't something like I was going to go follow someone's course and model. I was researching to figure this out. Yeah. And so when I did it, what I discovered is reading between the lines on the ones who were successful, the thing they weren't telling you is that they were doing five to seven shows a week. Yeah. And so I said, if I don't do all these other things they say to do, but I do five to seven shows a week, I'm pretty sure I'm going to still succeed no matter what, because less than 2% of the podcasters out there produce that much content. So if Mm -hmm. I produce that much content, I'm going to trend, I'm going to show up, it's going to happen for me five times faster than the next person. So that's what we did. We started out with five shows a week. Now, once I built up, because five shows a week gets you to hundred episodes in a matter of five, six months. So like you're, you're there. Trust me. (laughs) You get there fast. And so when I got to that critical mass point, I got sponsors asking for me. They didn't care about my stats. They said, wow, you grew a hundred shows in five months. And I would go and tell them, Hey, we have a hundred thousand listeners a month. They'd be like, wow, off the chart. Now we're definitely advertising. And I'd be like, okay, then it's thousands of dollars to advertise. Like I would charge mm-hmm. top dollar for it. So like, cause they didn't have any metric for what it was going to do. So like, when I look at those things, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm thinking about is, are these courses mis- skipping something that they want to sell you? They have a mission. Mm-hmm. And that's what the gurus always have a philosophy and mission. And they're being upfront about it. We're just not paying attention all the time. So I don't like gurus at all. I like, and I have this good friend, Shannon, who calls them gurus. Like (laughs) there are those of us out there who will just do it. And when we do it, we will happily share with you how we do it, what we do. Mm -hmm. Those are the people I want to find. And there are some really generous people out there. Now, do they, are those gurus good at organizing it for you and putting it in a course? Not so much. Sometimes (laughs) it's like content all over the place. Somebody's got to organize it into chapter order for if you're ever going to make a book about it. Right. So like, you know, that's the hard work working with them. Mm -hmm. But when you work with them and they accelerate you. So I, I'm, I get really frustrated by somebody who's going to charge thousand dollars or more for a course on podcasting. I give it away for free. And because 
so few people are capable of doing the work that it's going to take to be successful that I would rather they spent their time, energy, and money making sure those are working than spending it on my course. Yeah. And then I know that they'll reward me by coming to host on my platform because that's cheap. Like it's easy. They can come there, mm-hmm. join my community, tell other people about me, send me a referral. I have people who've never paid me for services, but probably reward me with referrals on a monthly basis mm-hmm. that I, you know, I can't think enough, yeah. right? I have no way to reward them because they're not consuming my services. They're not even podcasters, but they were like, what, because you helped me figure out that this wasn't going to work for me or wasn't going to be right for me. Right. Now, when a podcaster asks me, I tell them to go see you. Yeah. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. what I want. So the courses and the stuff, the gurus out there, I really think you have to just understand their, their goal, what they're mm-hmm. selling, where they're going with that. And does that it's worth it if it aligns with where you need to be, right. but if right. it's actually counter to what you need, then move on. Mm-hmm. Cause it's going to confuse you. It's, it's, it's sales. Yeah. The course is sales. Yeah. I know my two courses are really hands-on because I want you at the end to know and be able to do what I'm teaching. Uh, you know, right. It's if not... you can't accomplish it, then your pe- then your people didn't really succeed. Yeah. I don't care how many people mm-hmm. paid for and went through a course. Right. I want to know how many came out the other side and successfully built one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, in the is the deck really stacked against women being successful in business? You know, I get asked this all the time because I've been pitching and, and and taking investment for our company. And so like, I'm out there and I don't think that very often I felt like, oh, it's a disadvantage to be a woman here. Like, I, I just don't feel that way. And maybe it's partially just the way that I am, but I think there's a lot of advantages we don't take because mm-hmm. we might be too sensitive to this topic, right? It's just... I don't care if I get invited to speak and pitch on a platform as the token woman. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It's a, it's an, if that's what got me there, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm going <laughs> to take it and I'm going to show you why you should have more women like me. That's like my, mm-hmm. that's how I view the opportunity for something. Am I going to turn down a women's fund who wants to invest in me? Absolutely not. I'm going to go talk to them and I'm going to be honest with them. And I'm going to do all the things that I would do as if I were talking to anyone. I'm not going to yeah. treat them any differently. So I I think it is a little bit in our perspective on how that is, but we have to take all the opportunities that come to us and not yes. just say, just because those are only offered to women, I don't want to be a part of that. Or because those are only offered to men, that's what I really want to get into. I don't look at it either way. I'm like, I'm going the fastest, easiest path to where I can get success for myself, for my company, for my brand, whatever it is, I'm going to go into the least resistance model. Right. Right. I don't need to work that hard. I don't need to bang my head against a wall and complain about it. I don't need to change perspectives like by outwardly talking about it. I am living it. I'm changing it. My girls don't mm-hmm. think that they can, that, that anything's in the way for them. Mm-hmm. Then I've accomplished that, right? Yeah. That's the outcome. Right. And, and that's exactly why I got into my business because I think right now in, in, and I teach 21st century leadership because women are the change in the world. Women as leaders, you know, companies are recognizing it. And I do Darren Hardy's uh, Hero's Journey. And he talks in the very first section, he talks about if you don't have some women in your top C-suite, you need to go get you some. 
Well, and so, so that's such a great point that you point out there. And we just actually did those because we we happened to launch a crowdfund during Women's Month, right? And so oh, like, awesome. so it just happened to coincide with that. And so we were getting a lot of press inquiries into like, well, tell us your background. And we happen to be women-led and women-owned because my oldest daughter um, is my partner as well. And so she owns a share in the company. She helped build our systems process oh, and team. Cool. So she's 27, by the way, in case anyone's like looking at that, thinking how old could this kid be? She's 27. So she's she's earned that right. Yeah. Yeah. This is not like one of those, you know, let's give my kid a job. No, she's 27 and she's brilliant. And so like, you know, looking at that because of the two of us, we own the majority share. So we have majority shareholder, but we have 14 different like siloed teams within the company, production teams, uh, web teams, like all kinds of different teams. And out of those 14 teams, we found out we had 11 of them led by women. It just happened. It wasn't planned. It just happened. But when we did our statistics, to find out like how we were, you know, men earning men earning against women in the company, women mm-hmm. earn more than men. So simply the answer is put more in your leadership and you have no problem of parity. Like we're yeah, like a right. dollar, women are paid a dollar three to every man's dollar, like three cents difference. It's basically parity. Mm-hmm. And if we had like a couple more men in the leadership position, it would like have all balanced out by now. So so that's really how, how you accomplish that is yeah, just make absolutely. sure that the, if the deck is stacked against them, it's because you're not giving access or you're not going mm-hmm. where there is the best access for you. So let's make sure that you do that, that it's never blocked. And that's that's not always the easiest thing to see, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to go find it and do it. And then women are great at voting with their wallets, get great at voting with everything that they have, and they will go and flock and and give services and and referrals and do all of those mm-hmm. things to companies who are making things easier for them. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the day, what I learned from consumer retail, 85% or more of everything we buy at retail is bought or influenced by women. Absolutely. So if you're not taking into consideration what they think, what they feel, what they will mm-hmm. will rave about and, and recommend to others, then you are idiots. It's yeah. not a niche market. Yeah. It's, it is your market. Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> so now we have our last question before we rapid fire. What would you, uh, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? <laughs> oh, you know, it, <laughs> the one thing that is like, it's okay to wear the skinny girl clothes. Like, you know, you're gonna, you know, like that's like the back of my mind, the personal side. You should have worn those skimmier clothes when you had a chance. You didn't. So too bad for you. But you know, now they don't fit you anymore. No, that that's just joking aside. But you know, but yeah, no, I think, you know, I think for me, I I I would say to my younger self that getting a support team in place early is so helpful. Like I I was an entrepreneur in my twenties. I never joined an entrepreneurial organization. I didn't even know they existed. I didn't own, I didn't belong to a business, uh, you know, business owners group. I didn't do any of those things. I had a few advisors, but it wasn't the same thing as not having someone who you could talk to, who's right there with you, building their company at the same place. The fact that I have a mentorship group, that I have community, that I have support in that way. And I have someone, some people that I can trust who will say, who I can say, hey, I need a resource that, you know, has worked. Who do you know? Mm -hmm. I don't have to be sold to. 
Yeah. I can actually trust that I can find that. <laughs> I can vet that. Now, maybe I won't always like trust their, uh, like I'm still going to vet it. I'm still going to research it. I'm right. still going to go through that process. But at least I got something that moved me a little farther along and helped me in that process and made me less skeptical about my choices that I'm making. And so I, I think that support system, I'm mm -hmm. so grateful to have that now. And I really wish I had it all along. I know whenever I first started, I thought, well, why do I need a coach or a mentor? I, I, uh, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. And then I got in with a group and I thought, this is so wonderful having this community. It's like this, this family that you can actually trust what they're going to say to you because they've been there, done that. It's, well, um, and I work with my husband, so it's not a fair for us to, you know, if I've got like visionary things, he's got his mm -hmm. own role in the company. I can't be asking him and talking to him about these things. I'm in charge of this company. <laughs> I'm setting the vision. I, I I can't always do that in partnership with him because right. then it gets him distracted and worried. Mm -hmm. So I've got to have another community yeah. that I can bounce these ideas off of, see where our, we're going to go, because his job is to focus on the next quarter, the next month. It, that, that's where his role is because it's mm -hmm. in sales and tech development. So it's like, we got to get this product launched. We've got to get the <laughs> sales team growing, right? Like, so it's just different. And so we do need to have that for ourselves personally, professionally, and for our company goals as well. Right. Absolutely. So rapid fire, you can answer this in any way you like. And I'll just give you a phrase or a word and just whatever comes to your mind. Product launch hazards with the double Zs. <laughs> it, it's my gift to the world. It's a podcast. When I decided that I was not going to be designing products and developing products anymore, I wanted to give a gift to the inventors, <laughs> the product people in the world, because I meet them at events all the time. And they're like, I have this idea, you know, how do I make it into a prototype? How do I get it sold? How do I do these things? And I was like, let me share my 25 years of knowledge with you. And let me give you this gift. So that's really what that is. And mm -hmm. I, I'm proud of it. I didn't want to make a course. I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want anybody to sell anything. I just wanted to give it to them for free and let them find wonderful resources and figure out what they wanted to do with it. And I get emails every week asking me to like, Hey, you recommended this resource. Are they still good? Or, you know, <laughs> Hey, I got to this episode. Are there more on this? You know, I love that, that people reach out and still, and thank me too, as well for awesome. it. Yeah. My brother's an inventor, so I can appreciate <laughs> everything you're saying. Best lesson learned thus far. Oh, Hope is not a plan is our mantra around here. <laughs> like that is some serious things. That's and I was awesome. just talking to someone on our team and it's like, I was like, you can have that as a mantra, but you do know how you, at the end of the day, <laughs> you still have to know how to make the plan. And I yeah. think that's where people fall apart is that they have a vision, but they have no idea how to set the plan. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, I've got a team, but you, a vision still has to involve yeah. a, a gated plan along the way. And it, if you're able to lay that out, you can't always rely on your team to be able to lay that out for you. Yeah. Maybe if you have a COO or you have at that top level, someone whose job it is to work with you to lay that plan out, that's great. But if you're in a smaller company, chances are you've got all your doers at the other level and they don't even know how to figure that yeah. out, how to, how to, create that sort of even top level plan so that they can fill in the details. They only know the details. So they'll yeah. take that on and you'll wonder why it didn't get accomplished. That's why, because there was X, Y, and they only did Z. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, my career before 
doing this was a project manager and and that so was you understand most, <laughs> yeah that was one of the most frustrating thing when you go to the leader product owner whomever usually the c-suite and ask for their vision and they don't have it and you know i'm a year into the project and they still don't have it and how can i motivate how can i how can i persuade how can i build trust if i can, my team doesn't know why they're doing it so it's vision is is important yeah, vision plan and then a, a, the to-do lists right like yeah. that's the, those are the components you need yep so benefits of contributing articles to ma uh, magazines like buzzfeed so here's the thing that i love about it i call it seeding okay mm, so you're writing yeah. a seed article so i use my podcast so i record a podcast i'll record a great interview i have the blog post for that podcast on my website mm -hmm. and it's a what we call a verbal SEO blog post. So it's actually like a transcript, but it doesn't look like a transcript. And there's some <laughs> keys in it so that it Google's fooled to think it's a blog. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't think they're fooled, but they don't care because it still <laughs> sounds good to them. Right. And so they're still happy with it. So that's the first place. Then I take it and I write an article over on authority magazine or Buzzfeed or mm -hmm. uh, Inc magazine. I would write them in all these different places. And I would write an article that was under my byline. And so that was be my column, my byline. So it says by Tracy Hazard, wherever I do that. Mm -hmm. And I would write a 600, 800 word article that is kind of a summary, link the video, link the podcast, link the blog post to the episode, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I would make sure that they could get more and find out more, listen to it, watch it. Mm -hmm. And so that was always there over there. And the idea is that when we're putting it out there, we're going for somebody else's audience. So oh. now the next level beyond that is to say, okay, now I really want to like drive a very specific audience. So let's say I want to teach chiropractors how to podcast, or <laughs> I want to, I want to teach all these niche audiences in the different fields, how to podcast. Well, I'm now going to take this article and I'm going to write it in a way and use case studies and stories and one of my episodes where I'm featuring a chiropractor <laughs> and, you know, and, and write that specifically for a trade journal. I'm not going to have a whole column there because I, I don't want to write a column in, in, you know, chiropractic monthly or whatever it's called. Right. <laughs> but I'll do that. Well, so for me doing these kinds of articles got me speaking engagements. So I'm speaking yeah. at the Blair chiropractic conference in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina to about 200 Blair chiropractors in October. Like how awesome is that? Yeah, like, that's that I, tremendous. Right. And so I can, so when I dial that in, I do this with, for authors and speakers. And so I'm really writing like a, a twist on it, but it's really the same model because my method hasn't changed. My philosophy yeah. hasn't changed, but it's using different examples and it's helping you understand and interpret something you might read in a generalized way mm -hmm. in a very narrow, specific way that resonates with you because you are in this field, you're in this yeah. niche. And then of course I write That's my awesome. languaging's different because what you write for doctors is a little more technical than what yes. you might write for speakers who want to mm -hmm. have the visionary side of things. So your languaging is different too. So like, that's how I do this. And I consider them seed because what they're doing is they're seeding the idea yeah that this is good for chiropractors, that this right. is good for speakers. And that will lead generate for me in a huh. greater way. But at the end of the day, if it only lead generates back to the original video, back to the original blog post, back to my original podcast, that I still got them. That still helps. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? That's, so that's why I love that model. So you talked about your two daughters 
and you talked about the fact that you have this business. How did you do balance between work and is there is there really a balance or is it just the fallacy to have a balance? <laughs> so I, I once uh, was on stage and got asked the question about balance and I said, balance is BS, but of course I, <laughs> yes. I said the word on stage, yes. I blurted it out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. They were filming <laughs> this, but like I did anyway. And I got clapped. And yeah. so, and, and then I got photographed by some of the younger members there on Instagram. I got really? Instagram with a meme. So I got to, I got turned into a meme <laughs> for saying it, but this is how I really feel about mm -hmm. it. I feel that balance is unattainable. Look, I, yeah. I was a ballet dancer for most of my like younger years. I thought I wanted to go pro. I'm glad I didn't like that would have been the worst <laughs> idea for me, but you know, it was definitely not in me, but I can't stand on point constantly. Yeah. I can't balance in a yoga pose forever. I can't do it. So it's not sustainable for anyone to try to achieve balance. Why mm -hmm. even bother to do it? It's, you know, yeah. that sounds great, but it's not there. What I instead look for is harmony. So uh, some of my favorite bands, my favorite like musicians, my, my, my favorite idea out there is that are all ones that are based on great harmony. The Eagles, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Like I'm yeah. dating myself about how old these no, are, but like I'm right I grew there up with, with you. Yeah, I grew up with lots of '60s and '70s music from my parents, right? Like, and so I love that. That's beautiful. Indigo Girls, like that's more my generation. But you know, like that beautiful harmonies that exist there are 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 why their music becomes timeless, right? Mm -hmm. It's and so when I think about that, is like that's how I try to make my relationship with my husband, my three daughters, like just all the level of everything that we're doing is like someday it's your turn to be the star. Yeah. You're the mm -hmm. you're the lead singer. I'm the drummist. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I'm the drummer today, right? Um, you know, I'm taking a break. I'm having a drum solo. Like it doesn't matter where you play in the band. <laughs> you sometimes get to shine and sometimes yeah. you're supporting. And if we can work on it like that then we don't have all the pressure. Yeah. So that's the real bothersome part about balance is that it's too much work. It's too much pressure, but mm -hmm. harmony isn't. So, you know, my, my sink fills up with dishes. Someone <laughs> will pick them up eventually because someone would like to get an allowance. So like it'll eventually happen <laughs> in my household. Someone will say, or it'll be this so usually because I have, so my girls are eight, 13, 27. So it's like big span of ages. Span. So the 27's not home. She's married and, you know, off on her own, but, but there will be this like, um, mom, I really want to earn money. I really want to go shopping at the mall. Okay. That's great. There are dishes in the sink and laundry <laughs> that needs folding. And she, the, the answer is like, shut that down. There's no like, <laughs> but every so often I'll find it's done and they'll be like, can I have $10? I'm like, yep, you can. That's and right. so of course the rates have really gone up on. on <laughs> so they've discovered that it's more fruitful to work for my business than it is mm. to like, so yeah, I had my daughter in there. She's actually organizing all of our corporate records. She's scanning and uh. putting our complete corporate reg records digitally. Uh -huh. And she's discovered that because it's a business and we're in Cal the state of California. We have to pay minimum wage, which mm. is higher than my normal offer from chores. <laughs> so I'm like, I may not have to like let these jobs be hourly. You may end up oh. at salary. <laughs> I need to get her in my anti-aging business. She's, I know, she seriously. Like a, she's definitely ready for it. 
All right, the last one is what legacy would you like to leave behind? I, I want to leave a legacy of help and support. I want people to feel that they got so much more value from everything that I gave them along the way, but they also felt free to go, Tracy, I don't know about this. Will this work for me? Can, mm -hmm. can I, you know, is this still working today? And that they're going to get honest answers. So I think mm -hmm. there's like some, there's, there's the honest side of that support that isn't always there, but that's mm -hmm. where, that's where I want to play. I want to feel that they, my legacy is they got the support they needed. It was honest for them and that they were able to turn that in and do something with it. Brilliant. And if, mm -hmm. you know, I love the idea of ripples and impact, right? Mm -hmm. So if we create impact in the world and ripples and I, you know, something I said here touches one of your audience members and they take that home and they go, they go create a new chore program with their kids. And I'll be like, <laughs> Ripples, awesome. Like, please share it with me so I know, so I maybe could implement it back. But if this inspired you, I want to know. Yeah. And so that that's really, but even, even if I don't know, that's okay with me because I put it out there and I'm okay with that. Like yeah. just putting it out there and I'm putting out there with my intention. I'm good with that. That's where my business confidence lies to tie this back into the beginning mm -hmm. for you. My confidence is, is I believe that you're going to get something of value from me. It's my, it's what I'm intending to do. It's what I do. And when you do that, you're going to have success. And I don't need to thank you for it. I don't need you to tell me yeah. about it. I'd love it if you did, but it's not important because that success is going to create a better world. And that was my job. That was my role. Yeah. That's exactly why I do what I do. <laughs> Good. So, I, you know, I just want to leave the world better than I found it. Oh, I say, you know, like, you know, that is so important that we teach that yeah. to our children too. Yeah. And you know, I work with the youth to teach them to be better speakers, find their voice, because I think, why should you wait till you're 30 to figure out how to use your voice and the, to see a, a eight to, to 17 year old whole demeanor, whole, you know, posture change whenever they become a confident speaker is so rewarding it's it's like just we have a student me that podcast way. program and they and when i when i hear them i think they're better than some yeah. of my adults they yeah. have more confidence they 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 you can feel the growth in them and i love it my 13 year old found out that um we have a policy here that anyone who would like to start a podcast who's an employee can and so she decided to start a show <laughs> I know. I'm like, she's like, I'm going to take advantage of all my benefits. And so anyway, I'm like, I know, just love her. I love her. I know. But I seriously didn't think she would want to because she's not, I'm not, I wouldn't say she's shy. Like she's not shy in terms of how she is with her friends and everything. But I just didn't think she'd want to put herself out there because she's always, she, from the time she was little, she'd be like, mom, don't talk about me on the podcast, you know, which is why I don't say her name, but don't talk about me, you know, but it was, <laughs> but she put her, she's been putting herself out there. And I thought, wow, where did this yeah. come from? It's brilliant. But I love my student podcasters. Yeah. I think they're amazing because of it. So you're right. I'm so glad you're working with you. Yeah, it's one of my passions for sure. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to take time now, those of you that are listening in, if you would go grab a pencil and paper, I'm going to share Tracy's information. Or just go to your podcast app because you put them in the descriptions for every one of your podcasts. You have all this information I, there. You are so brilliant I, at doing that. I, I can just click. Yes, I put it all out there. But, you know, some people need instant gratification. So if you are watching, go ahead and do a screenshot. And those listening, 
you can go to Tracy's website, which is https colon forward slash forward slash T-R-A-C-Y-H-A-Z-Z-A-R-D.com. That's tracyhazard.com. Her email is bingefactor at podicize.com. So do hook up with her in either video or visit her website. If you go to their website, she, I'm sure, has all of the icons for you to click on Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, TikTok. She's everywhere. You definitely want to um, check out Tracy Hazard or The Binge Factor to be able to find her on that social media. I'm going to let her talk to you about her free gift and um, explain how you can learn more about podcasting. Well, so podatize.com is, of course, podcasting and um, production company. So we have a little bit of everything for everyone at every stage. But what I do is I am doing a lot of mentorship and training. And so I have master classes and I created a YouTube um, group. And so if you go to podatize.com forward slash master classes, plural, and you go there, you're going to go right to this YouTube channel I created or this playlist I created that I give away to my to only clients who come through me for mentorship. So you're going to get some special things. And I have things for speakers. I have things for authors in there. I have social media, like every year I do oh. a social media strategy training. Like these are some private trainings you don't get unless you work with me. And I thought I would give it here because I think there's a lot of value that your particular audience would find there. And I'd love for you to get value to it from it as awesome. well. So there's a, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, seven, eight videos and we're always adding new ones to it. So if you subscribe to the playlist, it'll always make sure that if the new one pops up, you'll get a new gift. That is great. Thank you so much for doing that. All right. I'm going to stop sharing. And I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest. It's been so much fun. We went a little bit longer than I normally go, but I had so enjoyed talking with you. You gave great information, great tips wonderful tools. And I encourage everyone to go to your website, take advantage of, of, you know, checking out those master classes and also, you know, see what Tracy has to offer. If you are thinking about doing a podcast, want to know more, email her or check out her website. And until the next time, please remember that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Netling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Medling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.